recording. Why did you say toast? Oh, okay. uh, just to make sure it was working. Wait, that was that was the lame ass clap. Look how ready. Oh shit! There we go. <laughs> Alright. So I'm not, I'm not stopping it. It's still going. No, yeah, it's still going. And then I'll align it with that clap and just delete everything else. Uh, are you okay, <laughs> Yeah. Go get it. I don't mind waiting. I know. I'm excited to leave. You don't need it? You sure? Yeah. All right. The cool thing about recording with two mics. <laughs> you don't need to uh, do that noise reduction. It doesn't oh. pick up a lot of noise. It's true. Okay. Ready? Why are you asking me? Are you asking me? Or you? I think I'm asking myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. I know it has. Cause we had two solo. Every episodes. time we do like a solo episode in between, like it just feels like yeah. makes it a little bit more difficult to pick back up. But it's okay. Bronchitis. All right. Yo yo yo! What is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 46 of the Playing the Hand You're Dealt podcast. My name is Janelle, and with me here, as always, or back again, actually. Yeah. Maybe not as always, but back again, you're right. It's me, Jai. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to be with Janelle. And we got a good episode for you guys today. Yeah, we have a finance episode talking about how to budget when you're broke. But before we get into that, we do have our two-week checkup. It's actually been like a month, so we'll go ahead and check you guys up now. It, has it been a month? Probably, yeah. Well, technically, because the last one we had our solo episodes, you did like a mini checkup in there. True. I didn't do so. So for me, a month, but I never really have anything interesting going on. So what have you been up to, Jai? All right, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> uh, so I have two big checkups here that uh, I wanted to touch on. And first thing is uh, pretty heavy into my finances at this moment. Uh, I just got a raise at my job. And I decided with the raise, I would continue my stage of living and even reduce it because I want to use that extra money to finish off some debt. So uh, that kind of tied in with this episode about finance, but pretty much I decided to spend the next two years paying off my car. And I think it was supposed to be five years. I'm on like a five-year lease, and I determined to do it in less than half of that. Just fucking pay it off. That way the car is finally mine, and it kind of opens up income. It's like, by doing that, when that's mm -hmm. done, I indirectly get a raise because it's money that's always been going out and it's money that technically should be mine. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, I'm willing to eat shit, eat maybe just a little bit of shit for like the next <laughs> year and a half to get that debt paid off. That way I can kind of start saving for, you know, bigger things in life. Uh, next thing is a huge one, which is why there's only two. My very first powerlifting meet is next week. Uh, this episode will go out the week of the meet. And Janelle, a good friend and I, we bought our what is it, our entry fee August mm -hmm. 8th. That's when you guys bought it? So that wow. is, it's right now recording this, it is November 6th. So just over, or just about four months, right? Three, August, September, October, November. That's three. That's three? So you guys have been oh, training shit, before you bought that though, right? Or no, no you no, started no, training. No, it was just gym. Just training usually okay. in the gym. Not specific wow. for the meet. But yeah, uh, on Friday, we finished 12 weeks of programming. Wow. So 
from now until the meet, I only have one more day of gym, and that's that's not programmed. That's something we decided to do just to get ourselves ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it's just a bunch of rest, a bunch of cardio. Yeah, and something you've been trying to do lately is cut weight. How's that been going? Yeah, since November, uh, August 8th. Uh, for reference, I was probably about 156 around that time. Right now, I'm 147. So I cut nine pounds in three months. Uh, majority of that was definitely the last month. Uh, I would say I stayed the same weight for the first half. And then towards the second half is when I started the slow cut. So the last month, I lost nine pounds. <laughs> Jeez. It was definitely insane experience to go through and i will tell you 12 weeks of training no problem i loved every second but the last month four or five weeks of cutting i fucking i i hated it it uh it challenged me more than i thought mentally and it was just if you ever want to truly test your willpower and you as an athlete cutting weight for an event like this whether it's for like a fighting or a run or just cutting weight with a time limit, mm-hmm. that's hard. Because I don't know what happens if I pull up and they're like, hey, you're one pound over. I don't know if I'm disqualified. I don't know if I wasted all, everything. Oh, shit. Are you like close to the, the weight cut? So uh, I, what is it? Uh, we're competing at 148.5. Okay. This morning I'm at 147. Oh, shit. So we're so good. So I just got to keep it. it. Yeah. I don't have to lose anymore. I have to maybe just lose. Just maintain. A, yeah. Probably lose a little bit just for self-assurance. Right. But 146, 147 is where I want to be at. Just, I don't want to cut it close. I don't want to be like... Yeah, that's kind of scary, huh? <laughs> that way it's just done. And then afterwards we can eat. Uh, I was telling my good friend, I was like, hey, by the time we compete, we're going to be back to like 155. Because we're going <laughs> to eat like so much in yeah, the same right. one day. You're going to binge. <laughs> but yeah, overall powerlifting has been uh, a really good experience. And I definitely want to bring the guy who competed with me for an episode on that. Yeah, I definitely want to talk to both of you about your experience through all of this. I think we can get a good interview out of that. Like a I think dual so too. interview. Yeah. But in short, emotionally, it's been very fulfilling besides the losing weight part. Physically healthy. Uh, I had bronchitis. That's how come I was out about three weeks ago. Recovered from that. But other than that. Uh, a little bit sore here, a little bit sore there. Nothing too crazy, no injuries. I feel good going into my first meet. And for this last portion of the checkup, I wanted to teach you all or give you a little lesson that one of the, the gym buddies that, uh, that I work out with or that I see at the gym every morning told me. So it goes like this. I was doing my top set of deadlifts, and that's just one set of one. So just walk up, lift it one time, done. And it's heavy. I was like, hey, man, can you just check this out? Make sure everything looks good. So he took a second. I walked up. I lifted it. I walked down. Uh, I dropped it. The first thing he said was intention. So what the fuck do you mean intention? I was like, is my form good? Did it look heavy? He's like, it, everything was good, but your intention was off. So what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> I didn't ask about this. And then he's like, he started to explain it. He said, Jai, you wake up at 3, 4 o'clock every morning to train. For 12 weeks, mm-hmm. you've committed yourself uh, for the training, for diet. You're in here doing cardio on your days off. You're doing cardio after. Like, you really want to do this, so act like it. So what are you talking about? He's like, you walked up to the bar, and you look sad like your puppy just died. Oh, my gosh. Fucking, yeah. 
like you, there's no need for you to worry. You have the strength, you have the form. At this point, this close to the meet, it's a mind game. Because mm-hmm. you got to remember, 12 weeks of training, cutting, and blood, sweat, tears, it's all for nine times stepping on the platform, just nine lifts. So it, it really is a mind game because everything I need is there. It's about getting out of my own head, about understanding that I'm prepared enough for this and yeah. fucking act like it. Like, you deserve to be here. Right. Don't walk up to the platform and act scared. Because I was, like, the, my warm-ups were not good. They <laughs> felt heavy. They felt whatever. So I was walking into this, like, fuck, this is going to be heavy. This is going to suck. Let's just get it over with. Mm-hmm. And it showed on my face. Yeah. It showed on my setup. So he knew. He saw yeah. it. So he was like, work on your intention. You have everything you need. But that doesn't matter if you're psyching yourself out. Right. If your mind is fucking with your form. Like, don't give yourself time to second guess. You have everything you need. You have the tools. Just go out and fucking do it. Yeah. It's your attitude towards it all. So I was in shock. I was like, holy shit. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I was too busy thinking about how heavy it was. Too busy thinking about it's 4 o'clock in the morning and I'm still I'm hungry. <laughs> too, think, like, too busy thinking about, oh shit, the meat's next week. Like, this guy has seen me every single day. Like, he knows I have it in me. It's mm-hmm. just, I was mind-fucking myself. So that was a lesson that I definitely wanted to bring up. And before we hop into your checkup, Janelle, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I kind of said some notes about this before we started recording, but I don't know. It was a very strong lesson. Yeah, that is a really good lesson. Um, I used to do these home workouts with, like, an online personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And he, every every single time before the actual workout, he would, like, sit and chat with everybody who was live. And he's like, okay, we're going to sit in attention for the workout today. And it was always different. And I was like, uh, yeah, I came here to lose weight. Or, I don't know, we always just sit in attention. And that really made a big difference to everybody. But I think that's some good advice that he gave you. And I think you should carry that with you the, the day you're competing. Like, mm-hmm. when you're on that platform, like, remember that exact lesson he was telling you. It's like, I belong to be there. I've done the work. I've done the training. I got to act like it. You know what I mean? I got to have the confidence yeah. in everything I've done. I can't just do everything and then be unconfident. Like I got to right. go out there and do it because I can. Yeah. I think you should. It's important to do that while you're working out or training. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to make the biggest difference when you're actually on that platform to remember your intention. Remember those fucking three months that you worked your ass off. It's going to be intense. And it was so crazy. I wasn't expecting to answer, but it changed. It changed a lot. And uh, yeah, uh, that's my checkup. <laughs> that's an amazing checkup, yo. You always have such a good checkup. And then my shit's just like, whatever. <laughs> well, mine was pretty short besides uh, the yeah. lesson. But hey, man, let me let me hear what you got going on. Because in your head, it may be whatever. But for me, for our listeners, you know, they could look forward to this. Yeah, well, so your your year pretty much overall has been very, like, organized and focused and driven. Mine, on the other hand, it's been a fucking roller coaster ride. And that is not the intention I had going into this year, but it is what it is. So recently I was reevaluating my New Year's goals. I had to go back to that episode where, like, we wrote down our goals because I was like, fuck, what am I doing with my life right now? Yeah. So I had to reevaluate. I had to sit down with myself and really just overall reflect on how my year is going and how I wanted it to be mm-hmm. and kind of just reevaluate my goals. And You had to look in the mirror, huh? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of things that happened this year that were out of my control, but a lot of things this year also that I could have handled 
a lot better. So, yeah, I had to sit down with myself and reevaluate shit, which is okay. Not really a loss. Kind of more like a fold. Not a win or a loss. Do you have any examples to share? Because I really really do admire anyone willing to look in the mirror. Yeah, definitely. And reflect. Because that's really hard to do. But I'm interested. Do you have any... uh, any specific New Year's goals or just anything that comes to mind as you were writing this? Yeah, one of them, I think you probably remember. One of my goals was to do a muscle-up this year. Oh, yeah, yeah muscle-up. I, I think I started the year okay as far as fitness, but then once we started moving from my sister's place into our new um, apartment, I kind of went downhill with fitness. I stopped working out for like three months in the middle of the year just because my emotions took over and it kind of set me back a little bit, so definitely not gonna be able to do a muscle up this year. <laughs> what do you mean? If Yo, you start today, I, I've been—I've actually started going to the gym. This will be my second week from starting again. But as far as a muscle up, that takes training. Yo, you have like, forty days. I know, but I just... can't even do a pull up though. That's that's what's setting me back. Like I can't even pull my weight right now because I—I we just recently bought a scale, and. I wasn't not happy with the number. <laughs> why don't Why don't you adjust it then? Don't give up on it. Why no, I know I'm not giving up on it. Assisted, can you do an assisted muscle up by the end of the year? Possibly, yeah. Because well, you can do assisted pull ups, right? With the band. I'm actually about to buy a band. I've been practicing pull ups. This will be the second week. I can't even fucking lift myself, yo. So I think my goal now is is to fucking just do a pull up. Five pull ups by the end. Five pull ups by the end of the non-assisted? year. Non assisted. I think that's more realistic than the muscle up right now. Let's go assisted. Okay. Uh, five assisted pull-ups in, what is that, like 40? I, my math's just shit. I think like... 50 days? Something like that. 50, 60 days? Like a month and a half or so. You got it. Five assisted it. pull-ups. Yeah. Just get some strong-ass bands. Yeah, I'm about to... No, I want to buy... <laughs> the, I'm gonna, the skinny one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's an example. Um, another loss, I guess I could say, is we just recently moved back into my sister's place. Not the situation we wanted to be in, but it is what it is. And to be honest, it's a lot more humbling. And I've learned to like minimalize on even more shit than I barely even had. <laughs> mm, I have one thing to say about moving in your sister's place. Yeah. You are how old? 24. You're going to be living there for a total this year of like, what, a year? Maybe like six months? What, about six total? months, yeah. From the time you moved in to the time you moved out? Six, eight months? What is that? What do you think Four, it's going to be five. from the time think, you okay. like moved in to moved out? Yeah, I think like eight months. So more than half a year. That's like a blip on your entire life. You're going to be 70 be like, I fucking forgot I even moved at my sister's place. Yeah, it's true. So it's, uh, it's if you look at it like that, it is a little bit eye-opening. But I think like take it as like you, like you have your hum- humbling. Very. And it's like you're fortunate enough to have that. And eight months... Yeah, and it's one of the things that you just mentioned. It's eating shit right now. You know, it is what it is. I still got a roof over my place mm-hmm. or over my head. I just got somewhere to sleep, you know, and it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. And, like, it could be you absolutely hate your sister. Like, <laughs> I know you guys don't have the best relationship, but it's definitely not the worst. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be, like, your sister's an ex-convict and she's, you know, she's running a, a Coke factory out there. Yeah, it's not a bad situation. I think it was just my pride getting in the way. Like, oh, fuck, we moved out of my sister's house. Now I'm back in my younger sister's house. That's one thing that's hard to swallow. Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. We got to eat shit sometimes. I love it. Yeah, well, that was a long-ass checkup. Well, it's been a long-ass time. I know, so it's good. (laughs) Even off off recording, you and me haven't really chatted too much because I was sick and focusing on the meat. 
emotionally and time-wise, I just needed to dial in. Yeah, and that's okay. I can't wait to watch you compete this week or next week. Oh, it's one week from today. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, it'll be fun. It's it'll seven be fun. days from today. Yeah, so next checkup you'll, you'll have for us, it's like a mini catch-up on how the meet went, and then hopefully get an episode with you and our other friend on how that went. Hell yeah. Yeah, so that was a really good checkup. So let's go ahead and get into the episode. Break it down for us to know. Yeah, like I mentioned, this is a finance episode about how to budget when you're broke. And I think we've all been into a certain position where we were broke. And it seems like a never-ending cycle. Um, I have an example here of, of being broke. It's we work a lot just to get paid a paycheck. And then that paycheck goes to bills and then whatever the fuck you want after it. So you end up spending it. Now you're broke. So you work even more hours and you wait for that next paycheck, which comes every two weeks. And it's just such a, a vicious cycle if you don't know how to if you don't know how to uh, manage it. Yeah. Uh, an example that I'm thinking of, because we have a glass of water on the table here, is imagine every two weeks someone fills up your glass. You don't just drink it in the first two days. Do you know what I mean? You kind of have oh, to yeah, make a- it last. Otherwise, you're just looking at the empty glass when you're thirsty. Did you just pull this metaphor out your ass? Yeah, because I'm <laughs> Cause looking, looking at, the at a glass. <laughs> but it makes sense because that's our, our checking account. That's our budget that, or lack of budget. Or that's our bank account. Right. If someone gives you water, you don't just chug it. Because you don't know when it's going to come. You know what I mean? That is true. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. No, that's a good one. Um, something I wrote here is it's easy to adapt the mindset of, okay, I'll pay my bills once I get paid. And whatever extra money I have, I'll just use it and spend it on whatever I want. And we just end up mindlessly swiping our card until there's nothing left in our bank account. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's a lot of reasons people are broke. But for whatever reason that is, there's always a way to manage it. And for us, that is budgeting. It goes the same thing with my checkup. Like budgeting pretty much is intention. What having a a job for your money and having a directed purpose for it pretty much do you think there's any way to get out of like a financial debt or whatever without budgeting i don't think it's possible huh win the lottery win this win that yeah but even if you win the lottery you could end up broker than you were before true so i think uh without having the intention of budgeting i guess you you can't budget because if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. Yeah, true. Every time you do it, it's like an active uh, active commitment, active yeah. process, whatever. True, true, true. And it's important to learn how to budget early and when you don't have a lot of money so that when you do have a lot of money, you know how to manage it properly. Otherwise, you're forever going to be in that never-ending cycle of being broke. Yeah, because imagine if you're getting paid $15 an hour and you're in debt. Just because you get a $90,000 job doesn't mean you're going to be out of debt. Right. Because you have more money, you could end up fucking up even more. You know what I mean? So exactly. you got to set the good habits early. I think a lot of people, what a lot of people do is when they make more money, they end up still Spend. spending that same amount of money. So when your pay increases, your expenses increases, and it still brings you all the way back down to zero or less negative. than you want to have. Yeah. Negative, A lot yeah. of people are negative. Technically, I'm negative right now. Yeah. Everyone's probably negative. <laughs> Yeah, so we have five tips here to budget when you're broke, and I'll go ahead and name, uh, list them out now, and we'll break them down individually. So the first one is to be realistic. Second is to write down things you'll need to pay for. Third is to budget what you have and not what you expect. 
Fourth is to be frugal when you do spend and get creative. And five is to continuously manage your budget. Something Jai has been mentioning a lot this episode is intention. <laughs> yeah. Janelle, you have a good five tips. And I think, well, let's just go right into it with number one, right? Yeah. So the first one with being to be realistic. So I think the first step is recognizing that you're broke as fuck and it, something needs to change. Yeah. So what I would do is sit down with yourself and really just assess your current financial situation. Figure out what your income is versus how much you've actually been spending. And this is a good time to, to recognize what you're even spending all this money on and why you're broke. Yeah, one thing that really helps this for us visual learners, if you make good money, but you're also in debt, it doesn't seem that bad until you probably look at a chart. Yeah. Or like a net worth or a line graph or some shit where you enter your numbers and you see just a line going down or like right. your net worth is negative 5,000, negative 100,000. Just because you make money doesn't mean your your net worth is that amount. That's a good point. Like you could your your monthly income could be $5,000, but your overall debt could be like $30,000. That's a good point. Visual visually seeing that makes for me, I think we're both visual learners, huh? Mm-hmm. Visually seeing that makes a big difference. It kind of lights a fire under your ass like, okay, I got to start chipping at this debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like your salary isn't what you make because you don't have it yet. Yeah. Like uh, that, that goes with another tip you have here. But at the end of the day, it's about being realistic. And whatever tools you have, such as graphs, such as just writing shit down, writing what do I have, what do I owe, writing some numbers down or even talking with someone. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you need someone to tell you like, yo, you're spending too much money or you have no money to spend. Right. Yeah. So that is the first step is just recognizing that you're broke and why you're broke. Second would be to once you have that figured out of what your income is versus what you're spending, write down the things that you actually need to pay for. Prioritize those things. Start with what you must pay, such as things like rent, uh, your car, things you need like groceries and water versus your wants like clothes, going out, watching the movies. I think it's important to prioritize those. And that's the first step to managing your budget. Mm hmm. I think I can chime in a little bit. Go for it. So the budgeting app I use, uh, Yanab, you need a budget. Highly recommend. They raised their price this this month. Fuck them, but it's okay. Oh, did they really? Yeah. What, like a dollar? No, like 15 bucks. Oh, it's $15 total? So like $4. It went like 80 to 90 a year. Oh, wow. All right, but pretty much they have it listed as this. Uh, Janelle listed must. Those are going to be uh, priorities. Fixed expenses. It comes out of your paycheck on the 15th, on the 7th, on the 1st. Those are fixed to a certain day. They're going to come out no matter what. They need to come out no matter what. Then you have your living expenses, uh, your water, your food, your gas, uh, things that you need to live and, you know, show up to work, be healthy, whatever. Then you have your wants. That's going to be more fun money, more miscellaneous. But there's also one here that I didn't... Uh, that Janelle didn't write down, but I actually learned about pretty recently. Uh, let me ask you, Janelle, do you know what a sinking fund is? No, I don't. That's my first time ever hearing that. Well, I would be the same if you asked me like two weeks ago. <laughs> so a sinking fund is an expense that you know is going to happen. And it's like, you know, it's going to happen. So why not prepare for it? An example would be, uh, what is it called? So, for example, a sinking fund would be uh, vet medical bills. 
Okay. It would be your registration for your car. It would be, uh, what is it called? A vacation fund. Mm. You don't know when these are happening, but you know you're going to have, like, even gifts. Why are you going to start saving for Christmas in November? <laughs> if you put $10 starting in January, a month, by the time you get to December, you got $1,200. Wait, wait, what? $120. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, okay, why not start saving for Christmas gifts in January? Because then it hurts less Definitely. coming out. Uh, for example, uh, uh, what is this? My car main, my car registration, I started a sinking fund. I'm putting $30 a month. Mm -hmm. that's, that's nothing. That's $15 a paycheck because I get paid biweekly. So $15, $15, $30 a month for a year. And then when it comes out, I don't have to save for it. It's not like, oh, shit, I don't have this money. And you're not surprised. Like, mm. oh, shit. It's like, hey, your car registration's 200, 300 bucks. Oh, here you go. Whatever. I've been saving for it. Whatever. Same thing with like Amazon Prime. Uh, that's how people, I think, get screwed is with those annual payments. <laughs> for example, Amazon Prime is $60 a year for student. Right. Which is $5 a month. So I put aside $5 a month. That way it's technically, I don't really, I pay for it monthly even though it's charged annually. Yeah. So you're Versus, prepared no matter yeah. what. Versus like, oh, I don't have to pay nothing. I don't have to pay nothing. And then next thing you know, you have to pay $60 for Amazon. Yeah, true. Yeah. So that's a sinking fund. And uh, I just wanted to mention that because it's, I think, a priority because it's things we, it's an expense we know is going to happen. Like, you mm -hmm. have dogs, your dogs are going to get sick. Yeah. Put $20 a paycheck away for so when it, they do. You know right. I mean? So it's preparing for things beforehand. Yeah. Like, if you got a beater car and it, like, makes noises when you drive, Start putting aside $40 a paycheck because <laughs> eventually that beater car is going to die. You know what I mean? It's just little things. Yeah. So definitely prioritize your money in those different categories. Thank you for breaking those down a little bit better. Got it. And one, another thing during this phase is to cut back on your expenses if you can. Now, that doesn't mean don't go out and have fun. It's important to allow yourself to have breathing room in your budget. But the key to managing your money when you're broke is downsizing. And that includes unnecessary expenses like maybe clothes, for example. I think a lot of us have too much fucking clothes. Yep. So maybe that's something you could cut out of buying every single month. You know, just cut down expenses that you don't necessarily need. Yeah, and once you do that, anything else you want to add in that step? Not that I can think of, but this goes with number... Number one and two, I think, are very hand-in-hand. Hand. Being yes. realistic and writing down what you need to do with your money. Those two are definitely together. And I think Janelle and I have pretty much covered those two, yeah. Yeah, so that will go into the third step, which is to budget what you have and not what you expect. And what I mean by this is avoid saying things like, oh, I'll just go out to eat and spend this $50. It's fine because I get paid in a few days anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, that's using money that you don't. Well, technically you have, but then now you're, you're, you're probably taking out of another category of something you may need. Like, oh, rent's not due till next week. It's okay if I spend this $50 right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I really don't like about uh, some companies, mm -hmm. they created the idea of getting paid early. I can take out $200 for my paycheck and it'll come out of the next paycheck. Yeah, like you could use that today. And that is teaching really bad habits. I it, agree. It goes with this whole thing of spending what you expect to have. Nothing is guaranteed, and I'm pretty sure COVID has taught that to a lot of people. Right. Your job is not guaranteed. Your paycheck is not guaranteed. Even your health. 
if you lift boxes, there's not a good, there's no uh, saying if you can lift boxes next month. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, the app you're talking about, or those apps, my sister actually uses one. And it's not teaching her very good it's financial stuff. Yeah. I just recently learned that she had it. She said, like, oh, yeah, I have this money. I was like, wait, how do you have that money? You didn't even get paid yet. She goes, oh, I have the earning app. Oh, man, that's not good. Because now that now she thinks of it as like extra money per month. But then you have to end up paying that back when you get paid. So it's not like you actually have that extra $100 it gives you or whatever the case is. It's like mini, mini loans. Yeah. If anything, if it does, I don't know how it works. But if, yeah. for example, if my next paycheck's is $1,000, I can get 200 now. And the next, when I get paid, it's now 800 It sort of, you're like, take, you're stealing from your future self. Yeah, you are. I like that. Like, I, I don't know how to place it, but that's pretty much a good example of our tip here is don't do what those apps tell you to do. Yeah, I'm throwing my girlfriend under the bus. She used to do that shit a lot. Like, yo, let, um, we'll just spend this money because I get paid next week. But then there's things like you just said, you the boxes example, you may not be able to lift boxes next month. Yeah. Example, I hear like you could get sick meaning you'll miss out days on work, meaning you don't get paid that money you expected to have. Or what if there's an, a mini emergency in uh, the next before you get paid? Yeah. You probably wish you had the $50. Right. I've seen it played out so many times. And like when that day comes where you actually needed that $50, you're like, oh, shit, I thought I was going to be working more hours. I thought I would have that $50 replaced. And now you're like, shit, out of luck yeah. and scrambling, trying to figure out another $50. Oh, man, money is... This is what schools don't teach you. This is what people need to learn growing up. And sadly enough, they learn the hard way. And most of the times when they do learn, it's already too late. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So budgeting what you have and not what you expect is a big thing that I think a lot of people overlook. And I think our suggestion is stay away from those apps that, yeah. <laughs> that lend you that's that a, money. <laughs> yeah. You can stop listening now. Just don't listen. Don't use all that. <laughs> So then now that leads us to number four. Once you've figured out that you're broke, you figured out why you're broke, you prioritize all that, and you only budget the money that you have. The next step would be to be frugal when you do spend, and what Jai wrote here is to be creative. Personally, I think this is fun. Yeah. I like the whole reason of this podcast was making do with what you got. And as someone who didn't have too much money growing up, I learned how to be creative with the food in my pantry. Right. You know, I learned how to be frugal by buying foods with multiple uses. Exactly. Uh, like meat, veggies, those are all multiple uses. But if you're going to buy cereal and milk, there's not much you could do with that. <laughs> it's, it's either you just make cereal or you just like that's really it, you know. So it's about being frugal, spending money on things that can be used in multiple different ways, mm -hmm. such as food. And also being creative. Uh, you wrote something here. Uh, instead of buying, you know, pasta and eating out for 10 to $15, find a way to cook it at home and you may find a new passion or you may just save money. Either way, there doesn't seem to be a loss. Yeah. And usually when you go out to eat, you're only feeding yourself for that one meal, mm -hmm. usually dinner. But when you cook it at home, you have leftovers for the next two, three days, meaning you'll be able to feed yourself more than just one meal. And it's crazy. A lot of my girlfriend's cooking inspiration i guess not inspiration but a lot of the stuff she cooks comes from being broke and like getting creative with whatever she has and just throwing shit into a pot pan and honestly it's some some of her best meals come out from being broken like just getting creative with it yeah i have a 
instead of going out to eat in the morning or going out to grab a bagel or whatever, I have concoctions like a concoctions. leftover omelet. <laughs> yeah. Or for dinner, leftover ramen. It means what veggies do I have? What meat do I have? Just throw it with some ramen. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things you said. Once you have like leftover steak, for example, yeah. make some ramen and throw that shit on top. <laughs> or like, uh, for example, if you went to, if you bought wings one night, Oh, this is a bad example because you're buying food. But let's say, <laughs> let's say you have like leftover chicken and you're like, I've ate it, chicken and rice for the past three days. I'm fucking tired of it. Right. You know, put it, put it with omelet. Change, trick your mind. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? I need to, I need to um, get my sister to listen to this episode because they are so bad with money. It's insane. They'll spend $40 at Pizza Hut knowing they got rent next week and they no longer have that $40 to go towards rent. You can it's get crazy. so much food for $50. That's what I'm saying, but they don't like to cook. And I, I went know, grocery man. shopping at Trader Joe's last week. I spent $60 for this entire week. Really? See, that? that's good. $60 for the entire week? That's crazy. It was just salad and ground turkey, but it got me through. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, Janelle, you want to do the last one or do you want me to do it? Um, Go ahead. The last of our tips for budgeting when you're broke is to continuously, continuously, continuously manage your budget. And that comes with intention. That comes with deliberately wanting to do it, uh, focusing and having a clear goal in mind of looking at the paper and checking off all the boxes, opening the app and making sure everything's where it's supposed to be. You know, looking at my bank statement and making sure that everything I've done this past week, this past day, this past whatever is how it should be and then reflect. if you're not liking what you're seeing in your bank statement on your budgeting app, there's not really anyone you can blame. It's like, oh, but I had to buy them a gift for their birthday. You kind of didn't. You know, <laughs> you chose to. I had to buy 40 people Christmas gifts. No, you fucking did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I had to go eat sushi with my friends because I haven't seen them in a while. No, you don't. Like, it, it's, it all, it's about what Janelle said in the checkup about reevaluating her goals and reflecting and looking in the mirror. Sometimes when it comes to money, it's really hard to do that because at the end of the day, the person in the mirror, it's that person's fault. And the way we recommend continuously managing your budget is going to make sure you get paid when you get paid. You know, look over your budget frequently and then think a little bit before you swipe, before you hand someone cash, before you tap your phone. There's so many ways to pay now before you (laughs) click send like think for a second and that sometimes that's all you need to whip your ass and shape and get you to stop doing what you're doing (laughs) yeah definitely just like how the first two steps you have to sit down with yourself be realistic write down your priorities wants and all that do that every so often do that every couple of days every week like as often as you need to to make sure you're staying on track and you don't have to be as intense as some people Like, Like I know in terms of Janelle, the way she manages her finances is probably no way as intense as the way I manage mine. (laughs) But that's what works for me. I have, like, two spreadsheets for my money. You have two? I'll show you after. So you use Yanab and something else? I I use a planning spreadsheet, and then Yanab is like, all right, this is what I'm doing. (laughs) So every time I need to make changes, I go to the... uh, what is it called? The spreadsheet that I use is like, all right, this is my plan for the next six months. Right. And then in your nav, it's like, all right, let's stick to it. But okay. I don't check the, the I'll show you. <laughs> okay, for sure. Uh, 
But yeah, find what works for you. If it's pen and paper, if it's an app, if it's just whatever you need, just continuously manage your budget. Yeah, definitely. And if you like this episode about budgeting, we have a few other episodes we have about finance and budgeting overall. And I think we have an episode about you talking about the app you need to budget, which is what you use. And that's a very helpful tool also. Yeah, I've tried many out there and it's it's just an app. I would buy a five-year membership if I could. Damn. Just because I'm going to stick with it that long. You should reach out to them. Maybe they'll grandfather you in at that oh, first price. Oh, because they just raised it. Yeah. <laughs> $10 a year? Oh, fucking ass. Yeah. All right, Janelle. Uh, we have some good questions here, and we are running out of time. So let's get through them. Yeah, so I have this first question, but I think we know the answer to that. What's your favorite way to budget? Uh, mine would be you need a budget. Uh, I have the app on my phone, and I only really use it uh, to enter transactions if I'm traveling or out and about. For the most part, I buy something, I keep the receipt, and then I open my Yanab every two, three days and just make sure everything went good. Yeah, nice. What about you, Janelle? I think for me, I haven't been too deep into it, but for me, just writing it out makes it, makes a big difference for me. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what about why did you start budgeting? Because I was broke. Mm. I was in that broke cycle and I was like, okay, I need to do something about this. And I think that's when I started going down a rabbit hole of how do I get out of this cycle of being broke? Yeah, I started budgeting because I didn't know where my money was going. Yeah. Like I would get paid and then in like two, three days. You're like, oh shit, where did it all go? Did I get robbed? Did I right. get to call Wells Fargo? Did exactly. someone hack me and take like $200? <laughs> but no, it was me who took the $200. <laughs> All right, Janelle, last question of the episode is going to be, do you think your family's relationship with money affected the way you handle it? To be honest, I don't think so, just because I never really thought about my family's way of with money until right now. Mm-hmm. Like my parents, I don't like they were never like I never knew what their financial situation looked like. It's just if we couldn't get something, we couldn't get it. I knew I didn't know if it was because we were broke or they just didn't want to buy it for me, you know? Oh, that's a good point. So I don't really know what their financial situation looked like. I do remember this one specific uh, memory, though. I was trying to send myself like $20 for my mom's account. She just told me to do it, right? And when I looked into her account, she had like thousands of dollars saved up. And I was shocked. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why you been saying have... no when I want something? <laughs> right. I was like, wait a second. Is this a real number? Like, what? Yeah. Other than that, I don't really know what my parents' relationship with money is. And so I don't think it has a big effect on me. Interesting. I asked you this question. Or I brought this question to the episode. Yeah, I had to think, think about it. It really affected my relationship. Uh, I, I knew my mom was struggling with money. Mm-hmm. And I knew she wasn't good at managing it. Uh, so as I got older... I kind of built the same habit, spending it when I got it, not tracking it, just kind of letting it go. But mm-hmm. then I started, I think it was when I started budgeting, which was like, I don't want to be like these people who are, you know, letting their money go. They don't know where it goes. They're asking people for money or they're just stressed out. I think it was the stress. We had enough to stress about when I was younger and money the money stress just added more. Right. And it was, imagine if the money stress wasn't enough. We would still be stressed, but it wouldn't have add any another thing to the plate, you know? It's like stressing about money is something I definitely experienced in my household. And uh, I think that's where my drive for money, discipline with money comes from. Because I don't want that. I don't want that to happen to me, you know? My, yeah, my little family, that. whenever that happens. I think I want to add something to this. 
So I think it's my own relationship with money and my parents' reaction to it that kind of plays a part of me. What I mean by that is like when I was in some type of financial situation where I needed help with money, I would go to them and they'd be like, oh, I can't do that. I don't have that. I don't even make that much, you know? So that put me in a position where like, okay, fuck, I don't want to ever have to ask them again. And also kind of what you said, when I have my own family, I don't want to be in a position where I can't help my, my kids, you know? Money stress sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to deal with it when I'm older, let alone now. So it's all about what we said earlier about building the good habits before we have that little Yeah, family. building it now. All right, Janelle, do you have a send-off lesson of the week for this uh, Bang River episode since our first time back in a month? Yeah, so this was a really, really good episode. Um, I really like talking about finances. I'm not exactly there with managing it to the best of my ability, and I know for sure you are, and this is something you're passionate about talking about. So this was a lot of fun. Um, the send-off I have for you guys is to, you know, sit down with yourself, recognize your income versus spending, even if you're not necessarily broke. It's always good to get a get ahead of it and manage it to, you know, possibly save even more money. Hey, thanks for listening. If you liked the episode, please make sure to listen to others. And of course, give us a follow on at playing the hand you're dealt. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and any other podcast platform, as well as on Instagram. If you follow us on those platforms, you can expect a new episode weekly with an inspirational quote to follow on our Instagram. And if you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone else who you think may get value out of it. If you have any feedback or would like to leave a review, we'd greatly appreciate it as we're always trying to grow and get better. Besides that, have a great fucking day and we'll see you next week.